0: Well, good morning. We, uh, we're talking about anger today. <laughs> how are we all feeling? <laughs> well, not angry yet. We'll see. We'll see. Give me a couple of minutes. We'll see how we go. <laughs> Let's pray, shall we? Our Heavenly Father, we ask this morning, as we stop to reflect upon anger, that you help us understand your heart, your mind. that you would help us please to have the ability to be honest with ourselves to be able to see our own hearts our own minds that we might live righteously before you and we ask this in jesus name amen i was reflecting on anger i tell you anger is such a strange emotion It's, it's so rarely appropriate or to put it another way it's so often inappropriate I was thinking about the other emotions right joy usually we feel joy appropriately you feel joy over a happy thing a glad thing a, a baby is born a wedding happens a, a friend gives you a gift so you get a promotion at work good things bring us joy of course it is possible to have joy in the wrong things, uh, our perverse pleasure when something bad happens to other people kind of gives that away very quickly, the whole genre of slapstick comedy is predicated on bad things happening to other people. But by and large we feel joy appropriately. Sadness, usually we feel sad about sad things, a death, a loss, a mishap. Even fear, we tend to be afraid of things that have some level of danger to them. But anger seems to so often be inappropriate. It struck me last week, I was washing up and as often happens in my household, there was food left on a plate, you know, the scraps of the the crusts that must not be eaten or whatever it was, right? And so I turned to put it in the bin, the the bin in our kitchen is behind the sink and I was scraping the food off. And as I finished scraping, Edwina, my wife, walked past behind me, talking to the kids, and I turned to go back to the sink and bumped into her. Oh, I'm sorry, love. You know, keep going. Got got back to the sink, and I realised as I got back to the sink that I was angry. you know know that little flash that happens that little moment of kind of how dare you bump into me can't you see that I'm doing a job here can't you see that I'm helping the family can't you see that I'm doing good and and you should have been considerate of me that I didn't have to bump into you as I turned around and what a ridiculous thing to get angry about and gee isn't that anger so often that that deep response that we feel to a perceived wrong You should have been more considerate of me. I mean, she was talking. I knew she was there. I bumped into her. I'm working. Look out. We even give it special names, right, the sorts of anger that we come up with. Road rage. Oh, he indicated wrongly. Oh, now I want him to die, right? Or he didn't indicate. Now I want, I mean, it doesn't really matter. Pick whichever one you want. He's going too fast or too slow. Or he's a bit too close to me behind me. Or I'm a bit too close. Like, Road rage. Yesterday, says John, right, well, today's good for you then. Right, we flip the table when things aren't going our way. Uh, Ladies, I believe you even have such a thing called rage cleaning. Anybody familiar with that? Where you're so cross that nobody's helping you clean, that you clean all the more. I'd never heard of it. My wife said, say rage cleaning, the ladies will all chuckle. Now, I thought I wanted to get us in the mood a little bit as we think about anger. So I've put together a little medley of 10 songs about anger and I want to see if you can guess. How many can you guess? And I'm sorry, you're going to be offended by some of them. I had to put something in for everyone. So um, believe it or not, all of this is considered music by at least some people. All Right? There's 10 of them. See if you can guess. We'll see how many you can guess. propitiation God sang the turn away. Feel like my father, I hate to be bothered With all of this nonsense, it's constant it's, Oh, it's just lyrical content, the song guilty conscience It's gotten such rotten responses And all of this controversy circles me And it seems like the media immediately Well done, well done. You sat through it. Uh, I, I'm very curious. Did anybody get any of those songs? I mean, you had the first one, right? Smells like Teen Spirit. That was the, the Nirvana. Here you go, here you go. I'll, I'll put the answers up because otherwise it'll bug you for the rest of the morning. Uh, you may or may not recognise any of those. If you're at home, I'm sorry, I can't control the thing to put the answers up. You'll have to play along or uh, make sure you pay attention to our social media, and we'll put the answers up on there somewhere. I mean, what does our culture have to offer in the way of anger? What's in those songs? These are from the last sort of 20 or so years. Uh, I'm going to start a fight. That's just how we go, right? Despite all my rage, I'm still just a rat in a cage. I can get as angry as I want and I can't achieve anything. In fact, the oasis at the very end there, right? Don't look back in anger, at least not today. Just keep moving forward. Forget about it. Don't worry about it. What does God have to say to us about anger? Is it, is it ever right to be angry? If so, how? How is it that we should be angry? Is there such a thing as righteous Christian anger? And what are we to do with wrong anger? That's where we're headed this morning. Now, first though, I want to stop and consider God's anger, because as we learn about His, we're going to be able to see what ours ought to be like. And we have to begin by saying that God's anger is righteous in a way that ours rarely is. If ours is inappropriate, his is always appropriate. Anger is a a deep response we have to a perceived wrong. To something that we think we see as having been done to our self-righteousness. Now God perceives perfectly. He can see the hearts and the minds and the intention and the motivation and all of the reality that we can't. And he is righteous so when he feels wronged he has been wronged so God's anger is righteous and I want to show you three different aspects to God's anger now come with me to the Bible we're going to Romans chapters well one through a bit we're going to work in Romans for a while so you'll be well served to have that open and I want to show you first of all God's temporary anger there's an anger of God's that is here for now And we see it in our passage, our second reading there in Romans chapter 1 from verse 18. Look at how it begins. God's wrath right? his anger, if you want to sound American you say wrath, you want to sound Australian you say well if you want to sound American you say wrath. But anyway God's wrath is revealed from heaven against all godlessness and unrighteousness of people who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. God's anger is revealed. We get to see that God is cross. He has been wronged. And of course, his anger is revealed in the form of his judgment. He continues in verse 19 what can be known about God is evident among them because God has shown it to them, right? There's a righteousness to his anger. He should be known. But instead, what do they do? Verse 21, though they knew God, they did not glorify Him as God or show gratitude. Instead, their thinking became worthless and their senseless hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man, birds, four-footed animals and reptiles. Therefore, God delivered them over in the desires of their hearts to all sorts of consequences. God's anger... Is temporary anger is a right response to willful inexcusable sinfulness to true wrong and what God does is he gives them what they want three times in this little bit of chapter one it says he hands them over he delivered them over he gave them over to what they wanted you want a life without me you are going to dishonor me and reject me well then guess what you can have okay a life without me His consequence, the punishment, exactly fits the crime and explains the world around us, doesn't it? Actually, the world around us, we look at it and we say, well, it's a consequence of sin that it's so messed up. And that's partly true. The other part is that it's a consequence of judgment. It's God's anger poured out. We get to see it. The fact that the world is so messed up shows us that it is under God's judgment and yet and yet this is what we need to begin to see in God's temporary anger he is patient because he could by all rights do the same thing as he did in the day of Noah and just wipe everybody out straight away he could we don't often have the power to wipe somebody out when they wrong us thankfully because otherwise we might exercise it and then regret it God does And God has exercised that power in the past, and yet we see His patience, that today is still today. And He hasn't judged the world already. It's a partial judgment. He hasn't fully meted out justice. That's still to come. Now these last two points are very important, that that God's anger is patient and partial. We're going to come back to it in a moment, in our third point. But we see, even in his anger, God is merciful and loving. I don't know if that describes our anger very often, does it? So God has a temporary anger, but there is a permanent form of expression of God's anger to come. Come down to chapter 2 in Romans, chapter 2 and verse 5. Romans chapter 2 and verse 5 says again God is being patient, you are without excuse he says in verse 5 because of your hardened and unrepentant heart you are storing up wrath, again anger, for yourself in the day of anger when God's righteous judgment is revealed. He will repay each one according to his works, eternal life to those who by persistence in doing good seek glory, honour and immortality But wrath and anger to those who are self-seeking and disobey the truth while obeying unrighteousness right now God is being patient in his anger but the day of anger of wrath will come when it is fully revealed again remember it's righteous even the very word anger kind of makes us feel a little bit uncomfortable right to talk about God's anger being fully revealed oh really But it's righteous anger against sin. Some people have used verses like these to call God a monster. How could he be so angry, so wrathful, so full of vengeance and judgment? Well, the reality is that the monster is the one who leaves evil unpunished. That's the monster. The one who lets wickedness just go by. Yeah, that's okay. You can do whatever you want. That's not a problem. No, God's permanent anger will come when each one will be rewarded. And that's the slightly ironic use of the word rewarded there for what they have done. Judgment and condemnation for eternity. So there's a form of God's anger that we see now in the world. It's temporary but it explains our messed up world. There's a form of God's anger that is permanent and will come at the day of Jesus' return and yet there is also a third aspect to God's anger which is his love in the midst of anger come over to Romans chapter 3 the next chapter Romans chapter 3 and verse 21 as we read these words up now apart from the law the righteousness of God has been revealed verse 22 the righteousness of God is through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe since there is no distinction All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. They are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. God presented him as an atoning sacrifice in his blood received through faith. Now there's some fairly technical words there, an atoning sacrifice. Uh, You might have heard in our song medley, Colin Buchanan singing big words that end in shun. And the second one, this is the second of the songs there, and he says propitiation. What a word to teach children, hey? But what does it mean? What is propitiation? God's anger turned aside. The atoning sacrifice is the one that takes God's anger and turns it aside so that it falls on Jesus, not on us. God's anger is amazing because in the middle of this massive judgment upon the most wicked of people, there is love. As he takes on himself, God's righteous anger is turned aside by his own righteous sacrifice. It's very different to our anger, isn't it? We demand our rights. I have been wronged. Fix it. Pay me back. I want recompense. You do what's needed to restore the relationship. Whereas God, even in the middle of this anger, sacrifices himself in love to seek good. Right, there's, there's the quick snapshot of God's anger in the Bible. Temporary, poured out on the world now, permanent to come at the day of judgment and yet even out of his anger there is love as he takes his own wrath and pours it out on his own innocent son for us. Well, knowing God's anger, what does the Bible say about ours? I want to tell you four points. Is the first one. First point about our anger is, it's not right. If God's was righteous, ours pretty much never is. If, If anger is this deep felt response at a perceived wrong, It's about our own self-righteousness, it's about my own sense of what is right and what is wrong and every single one of us, our moral compass is marred by sin. So always, when we are reacting in righteousness or self-righteousness to something that someone has done to us, it's always a bit skewed, it's always a bit off. Let alone the fact that we can't really perceive everything that's going on. Let me just show it to you in a couple of parts in the Bible. Um, Psalm 37 verse 8, I'll read it, don't worry looking it up. Psalm 37 and verse 8 says, refrain from anger and give up your rage. Don't be agitated, it can only bring harm. For evildoers will be destroyed, but those who put their hope in the Lord will inherit the land. The implication is, you give full vent to your anger and you will end up with the evildoers. No good will come of it. Don't do it. Or James chapter 1, all the way over in the New Testament, James 1 verse 19, he says, my dear brothers and sisters, understand this, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to anger, for, and listen to this verse, human anger does not accomplish God's righteousness. You want to live a righteous life? You want to be hungry for God's life? To live His way? Human anger does not accomplish God's righteousness. Our anger is quick. Just bumping into someone on the way back to washing up. God's is slow. Slow. Our anger is always selfish to some extent. I feel wronged. Whereas God's anger is righteous. Our anger can never propitiate by innocent sacrifice. We can never truly right it. Whereas God can. I tell you what, our anger feels righteous. It feels righteous. They've done the wrong thing. Whereas God's anger is righteous. There's the first thing the Bible says about our anger, it's not right. And yet the second thing that the Bible says about our anger is that it can be right. (laughs) It can be right. There's this fascinating event that happened in the history of Israel, just before Saul became the king. I don't know how well you know your history, it really doesn't matter if you don't. But Saul was the first king of Israel and he was very, very recalcitrant. He really didn't want to. did not. He was a, he was a complete wussbag. And there came a moment where the people were like, well, he's meant to be our king but he's just taken off back home again to look after the donkeys or whatever it is that he was doing. And the enemies of Israel attacked one of the towns and looked like they were just going to wipe it out. And nobody in Israel was coming to help them. Nobody at all. And they said to these enemies, these Philistines, look, can can we just surrender? Will you let us do that? And the Philistines said, sure, we'll let you surrender, but we're going to poke out everyone's eye. Just one of them, as a sign that you're our servants. And they said, well, can you give us a couple of days? We're going to send word, see if we can get help. It's a very weird conversation, by the way. I don't know why they did. But anyway, we're just going to see if we can get help. And if not, then okay, we'll just have to accept it. So they send word back to the rest of Israel to say this is what's happening. And all of Israel said, oh, well, sucks to be you, doesn't it? (laughs) And then listen to what happens in 1 Samuel chapter 11 and verse 1. In fact I'm, I'm going to read from verse 4 when the messengers came to saul's hometown and they told the terms to the people they all wept aloud just then saul was coming in from the field he said what's the matter why is everyone crying they repeated to him the words of these men from Jabesh. verse 6 when saul heard these words the spirit of god suddenly came powerfully on him and his anger burned furiously And on he goes, he cuts up his cows there and then. He sends it to Israel and he says, I'm going to do that to you if you don't come and rescue our brothers and sisters. And they do. But isn't that fascinating? The Spirit of God causes him to turn in righteous anger. Now what's different here? Well, there's at least two things. There's the desire for God's honour. These are God's people Who are being persecuted? How can we stand by and let Philistines desecrate them? And secondly, these are people in their hour of need. Stories of injustice ought to cause anger. Stories of people being downtrodden and mistreated ought to cause a response. Injustice against others is something that can produce righteous anger not against us go and read Romans 12 if you like Uh, Romans 12 is it 17 to 21 if you want to hear about that vengeance belongs to the Lord when you have been wronged that's leave it to him leave it to him forgive move on but when you see injustice against others well the spirit of the Lord came upon him and he was furiously angry now how is it then, that we can be angry and not sin? Ephesians chapter four is a very famous verse. We studied it late last year. Uh, we have plenty to say in, in that talk and go back and look at it, but it, it, just the, the sentence itself says, "Be angry and do not sin. Don't let the sun go down on your anger, and don't give the devil an opportunity." Now, it's strange in some ways that verse, because it's an instruction: "Be angry. It's a command. And we think, well, how can you command an emotion? How can you order me to feel something? Well, actually, it's kind of common. We, We have this mindset that our emotions govern us. Actually, that's not true. The Bible is full of instructions, right? Rejoice, again I say, rejoice. You're being told to have an emotional response. Be angry, but in your anger, don't sin. Now, he's quoting Psalm 4, our first Bible reading. And in Psalm 4, how is it that you can be angry and not sin? Well, the psalmist says, I lie on my bed and I trust in the Lord. It's a very simple equation, isn't it? When you have been wronged, entrust it to the Lord. He is the one who avenges. He is the one who loves. He is the one who cares. He is the one who sees every single wrong and he is the one who will call everybody to account. Either paying the penalty for them in Christ or demanding it of them on the last day. So when you have been insulted, when you have been wronged, when you think about the events of the past that still play over in your mind, when be righteous and trust in the Lord. Find your joy, your peace, your rest and your safety in Him. Because here's the third thing I want to tell you about our anger, and that is that it is dangerous to us. Our anger is dangerous to us like few other things are. We desperately need God's grace. Particularly when anger turns to bitterness. Remember, bitterness is the feeling that we feel when someone wrongs us. Guilt is what we feel when we wrong somebody else. Bitterness is what we feel when somebody wrongs us. And we've seen over the last little while that enduring anger, enduring bitterness is sinful. And in fact, it's a hell-bent sin. Go read Matthew chapter 6 or Matthew chapter 18, both of those we've covered in the last couple of years, where Jesus is very, very clear. There is no shadow of doubt. If you do not forgive, then why do you expect to receive forgiveness? We pray it every week in this service. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. It's a lovely sentiment, isn't it? Oh, Father, forgive us because we're such loving, forgiving people to others. Actually, every week when we say that line, it is a warning to our souls. Do you honestly want to be forgiven in the way that you forgive? It's such a danger to us. Can I, can I say to you today, if you are somebody who has a problem with bitterness and anger and I trust in the Lord that you are able to see it in yourself that you have had people tell you that this is a problem that you have somehow stumbled upon the reality that in your heart there is that deep dark worm that will destroy that there is only one cure there is only one solution and that is to be a recipient of the astonishing love of Christ To find profound amazement at how God has forgiven you. That is the only solution. To be somebody who is so overwhelmed by the grace that God has shown you, to be so sensitive to the forgiveness that has come to you, that you can't help but forgive others. And so if you're lost in anger and bitterness, I'm not here today to tell you to get out of it and snap out of it and and move on. No, no, come to Christ is what you need to do. Come to Jesus, throw yourself at the foot of the cross. Cry the tears that need to be cried as you are forgiven. That the love of the Lord Jesus Christ would overwhelm you. That's the only solution. And perhaps, perhaps today is, is the warning. Perhaps today is the time when it clicks. And you begin your journey out of it. Well, for the rest of us then, how are we going to be righteously angry? I'm going to tell you five really quick sentences. Firstly, righteous anger is aroused by evil that profanes God's holiness and goodness. Do you want to be righteously angry? Then stop being angry about yourself and start caring more about God's reputation than your own. Then you will be righteously angry. Be hungry for God's glory. Righteous anger, secondly, first, sees the log in our own eyes. Are you feeling wronged? Well, then maybe just stop and take stock. See your own sin. Know the grace of Jesus. Repent first. Now, of course, can you realise that that's already going to slow down our anger? If every time I get angry, I'm supposed to stop and take stock first, it will always slow down my anger. Sounds like a good thing. Thirdly, to be righteously angry requires us to be grieved, not just frustrated by evil. Do you get sad when you are wronged? For the sake of the other person? Are you grieved by evil? Anger with no tears over evil may well show a lack of love. Fourthly, we are to be governed by God's love in our anger, so slow to be expressed and it always seeks restoration. Isn't that a strange thought? That our anger ought to want the good of the other person. But they've wronged me, how can I want good for them? That's that's the point, isn't it? That's Christianity right there. We wronged him and he wanted good for us. We... Insulted him and he sought the best outcome for us. There it is. That's the love that we have received. Righteous anger seeks the best outcome. Fifthly, righteous anger acts swiftly when needed. Saul cut up his cows. He said, Let's go. It acts to protect the needy, to right wrongs, to care for the oppressed, to honor God. Be angry and do not sin. Perhaps, after all, Oasis did say it best. Don't look back in anger. <laughs> At least not today. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we, we thank and praise you that even in your anger there is love and mercy and that we are recipients of it. Please fill us with the deep knowledge of your love, with a profound understanding of your grace, that we couldn't help but be righteous, that we in turn ourselves might love in our anger and forgive. Father, break the hearts of the bitter, please, and teach us all to care more for your honour than our own. Amen.